Welcome to Courageous Leadership Virginia Prodan, training you to lead with courage. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Courageous Leadership with Virginia Prodan. We are so happy for you to be here, and we are so happy to train you to be strong and courageous, especially during this time in our lives, as America is changing so much. Today, we have a very, very special guest, and I know you're going to be so much encouraged by his life, by uh, his contribution to this country, and uh, he is my friend, Paul uh, Oroyan. And uh, we work together on uh, board of directors of um, uh, oil and gas, Zion Oil and Gas, and I'm always impressed by his contribution. And I invited him today, so you can benefit from his wisdom and his contribution. Paul, welcome to our podcast. Well, thank you. You're being very generous, Virginia. <laughs> I. I <laughs> I learn it from you because you are always generous and you are always uh, sharing wisdom that encourages me and encourages so many. Um, you are the uh, founder and the owner of, uh, um, you, in fact, you um, founded your forum in 1983. Can you tell us a little bit about your forum and um the joy and the obstacles that you you over you have to overcome during those years, and uh, what that represents for you and your character and uh, your leadership. That's a that's a complex question. Um, you know, I I was uh, I got married very young. I was nineteen. My wife was eighteen. And um, I went to, was going to school. She got pregnant quickly. And so I moved from Texas to Rhode Island because my Uncle Mo said he could find me a job with health insurance. And uh, so we went to Rhode Island. I got a job sweeping floors in a big machine shop. That would have been 1971. I was getting $12 an hour, not bad. And uh, I was only sweeping the floors for about a month until management figured out that I had every advanced math class that our school district here offered. And I became a machinist. And towards the end, I became a toolmaker apprentice. After that, uh, I left and became an organizer for the steel workers briefly. Steelworkers Union. And then my wife said I had to get more respectable. And uh, she said, uh, you know, your father, who had since passed away, bless his heart, said that you should either be a priest, a lawyer, or an accountant. Well, I had too much larceny in my heart to be a priest. And uh, with three children, law school, seven years, no, I couldn't do that. So I became a CPA. I uh, went to work for a national firm for about two years. Didn't like the way they treated the team members. You know, they it was a, a pyramid type thing. You were up and out very quickly, even though they were hiring the top people. And I couldn't 
I just thought that was a waste of talent. And I started my own firm in 1983. Um, the uh, going through business was very difficult because I had never owned a business before. But my father had mentored me for years. I was the oldest son. My mom and dad had 11 children. And so my, I was the oldest son. My father mentored me from the time I was probably five years old. So I give so much credit to him. But we were very lucky with the ups and downs because Marianne and I started on the floor when we got married. We didn't have a bed for the first year. So little challenges and inconveniences didn't really bother us that much. Uh, so, you know, the challenges of business were very difficult. Anyway, uh, over the years, you you learn and you grow. And, uh, and now, uh, next week, I'm going to be 74. I'm still working. I, I love working. We have offices in San Antonio and New Braunfels. I work with uh, about 25 great people that uh, it's sort of like a family affair, uh, not we're all just kind of close. We focus on good services to our clients. And uh, that's that's the story of my business. Uh, was it always hunky-dory? No. There were a lot of challenges, but they were they were just challenges. You, you know, you, you work through them and you go on. And in my life, I've always owned everything I did wrong. Uh, if you do that, you're, you're, you tend not to re repeat your mistakes if they're yours. And in that is a lot of growth. So I'm an Episcopalian. My mother uh, was a war bride, World War II war bride from England. She was Anglican. And uh, so we grew up as Episcopalians. Um, and I'm still fairly active in the church, although I don't go every Sunday because of Mary Ann's health issues. But um, we do what we can to support uh, Christian efforts and because uh, that's what I am called to be. I am I am a cursiista. I don't know if you know what that is, Virginia. Um, but I'm called to be an apostle for Christ. You know, you you make a friend, you be a friend and you bring your friend to Christ. And it's done in so many different ways. For the most part, I just try to live by example. Uh, I'm, I'm not outwardly apostolic as some people are, but I, I do it my own way. And um, so that's, that's a little brief thing on my life. Uh, and I love meeting new people, and I've loved working with you. Uh, you've also been an inspiration to me with your history. It's, uh, yes. Well, you said a few things that are so, so important, not only to me, but I know to our audience. First of all, you recognize that in life, we all have obstacles. 
from the beginning to every single day of uh, our lives. And that is important, especially for young people today, because they believe that everything really should be so smooth. Everything should be at their feet, uh, no obstacle, nothing, and they should be entitled to receive everything, and happiness is the center of life, which is not. We have obstacles, and like you said, we have uh, to learn from obstacles. And the essence that what you said is own your mistakes and learn from them to grow. That's the essence of life. And another thing that you mentioned is that is uh, very important is you need to be teachable. And you have been teachable, Paul, from the time that you started, you know, you said that your father taught you from the time that you were five, but you are teachable now at 74. You love, you love to meet new people. You love to learn from them and share your wisdom with others and everything. And that's part of who you are. And if we are not teachable, we stop learning. We stop growing. And that is so uh, important. Um, you are also a fighter. Obstacles are not not uh, things that will put you down. That will bring the fighter in you, and that will energize you. And that's one of the things that I am praying and I'm training uh, people, especially young people, because many times the moment, the minute that they find uh, an obstacle in their lives, they just turn to being a victim instead of being a fighter and a victor. And that is, that is so important. Um, your focus in life is to give good service and uh, lead people to where they're supposed to be, in business to good service, in, and also business and life. You, you mentioned so, so beautiful. You meet a friend, and you meet a friend of a friend, and your purpose is to bring them to Jesus because that's the best, the best service, the best thing that you can do for people because they will have a changed life. And uh, you leave a legacy every single day of your life. You know, people think that you have to be or to get to the 74 years old to start leaving a legacy. No. You can leave a legacy at every moment of your life. You build that legacy. And, and that is so, so important uh, for us. People will forget maybe your name, but you, they will never forget what you have done for them because that will change your, your life. And... You said at our last uh, board of director meetings, a very, you shared a very important story about helping the Zion or starting to be involved with Zion in maybe one of your hardest moments of your life. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes, I do. Would you share... Uh, that more, that uh, lesson, that thing, because it's such a lesson 
to many of us because many times we think that when we go through a hard time, we should just close the door and, you know, try to help ourselves and not help others. That story, it's touched me so much. And also, I believe, will touch so many lives. Well, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a story about commitment. You know, uh, after I became uh, a Christianista, I was, you know, uh, the, the church that I go to is, is, or any church that anybody goes to, they're anchors in our lives, but they, those, those, they can never get between you and a right relationship with God, okay? Uh, you go there to share Christian experiences with other people. Uh, to listen to witnesses and listen to the gospel and to serve people, whether you're on the food committee, you know, or you're teaching young children in Sunday school. There's the church, the church body provides that opportunity, but it can never get between you and a right relationship with God. Uh, in this, this story that you were talking about, I had, I tried to tithe, Okay and off the gross, not the net. You know, there's a big debate over, do you tithe off the gross or the net? I, I tithe off the gross. And uh, uh, I had a pretty good year, so I put my pledge in for the following year. I put the 10%. The following year was a horrible year. It was horrible. There was a new tax law change. I lost a bunch of clients, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I always pay the church first, okay? When I have my stack of commitments, the, the church monthly is right on top. And I fulfilled my commitment, but I ended up giving 30% of my gross to the church that year because my gross was so low. But I made my commitment and it was got so bad, I actually had my house up for foreclosure. And... Uh, try to explain that to the kids. My wife was, my wife, we walk closely together. Okay. We walk hand in hand and uh, she backs me up. I back, and she was absolutely in agreement to keep writing those checks. So, but ironically, the following year, I made up my, my pledge again, based on my expected income. But the following year, I had one of the best years in my life. And uh, the pledge ended up being like 3% of my gross. And I was, Marianne and I decided we got to, we have to give more money because we didn't expect to make this. We had a great year. You know, it just happens that way. But, and of course I kept my house, everything turned out fine. And uh, I, I tell this, that's just one of the stories that I tell. My whole, all my people here know that story. And, um, but when you're working, you, you, my father said, you, you can never let them see you sweat. So I never missed a payroll. And I had to come in with a smile on my face every day, you know, be the cheerleader. All the while, there's a sign on the front of my house, the door, <laughs> this house is going to be taken away from you. It, it, I, you know, you look back and you laugh about it. It wasn't so funny, but I kept my faith and it all worked out. You know, it, it all worked out. So yes, yes, anyway, that's the story you were referring to. Yes, 
Yes, it did. But to me, it did because of your fate. You had seen that in front of your house. That was the circumstances. But you had the fate that God can change that. Sometimes when we go to a hard time, all we see is the circumstances, not the fate, not the Holy Spirit telling you and me that God is behind everything. He is sovereign. He can change. He can move the mountains. And that requires us to walk by faith, not by sight. And that that touched me so much when I heard your story, because in your life, I'm sure it's not the only story in your life, in your life, no. in, in your business, you work having faith in Christ, saying, God, God who put me in this business will walk with me in this storm. And that's what I want everyone to realize that in our hardest time, instead of thinking of, you know, like your example, you didn't uh, tie 10%, you did 30% because you really believe in your heart and your wife that God is a God of the universe and he can change it. And the other lesson that I want and I learned from you, and I want everybody to learn is that God rewards our faithfulness. The next year, uh, you, you know, uh, surprise over the top year was not a surprise. It was a reward from Christ who said, I reward your commitment because I want you to tell the story and to encourage others that when you keep your commitment, when you go beyond your commitment, there is a reward. There is a reward that follows. And our Well, there's, there's a couple of things that I have over time have come to believe very strongly. First is I thank God that he has a sense of humor <laughs> Yes, I, because, because I, I'm a sinner, Virginia. Okay. And when I make a mistake, I know that he's smiling and, and nodding his head, but he doesn't turn his back on me. Yes. And the other thing is that God won't give us anything we can't handle really. And you have to, if you believe that, then you just go about solving the issues. You'd be as, Sometimes you get help, you get advice, uh, but, you know, life is, with God, it's a little bit of a mystery, but the day-to-day -day life is about hard work, commitment, be, having trust in yourself, and when something comes up, an obstacle gets in your way, you go around it, you go over it, uh, and you, you move on with life, because it's going to happen all the time, you know, Gosh, I mean, raising children is a big challenge. But can you imagine? I can't imagine not having children. I'm, I have some clients that can't have children and they adopt and things like that. But anyway, life is kind of like that circle. I, I do everything I can to help people where they're at. Sometimes if you're going to be a friend, you just listen. You know, people can figure most things out for themselves, Virginia. They sometimes need it. Yes, I believe you're right. Because if you listen, you, um, you value them. 
and you write that people are wise enough to understand, but you have to be an example for them. And you, Paul, have been an example for many people, and many of them will take your example and your as you build your legacy as as a way of learning from your wisdom, learning from uh, what you experience. You are an overcomer, and I am too. You know, coming to this country, not knowing English, not. Uh, having money, not having friends and rebuilding my life and going back to law school and writing a book and having a business is part of who God created us, an overcomer. And I want everyone to understand America is the best country in the world and gives us the opportunity to be overcomers. And God never created us to be victims. And we, in him, we are overcomers. What would you say as, as a closing to everyone that might uh, start a business, might be in the middle of the business, or might want to close their business? What would be your advice to them today? Well, you have to, if you're going to start a business, there's a few rules. You know, the easier, if the entry barrier is very low, in other words, it's very easy to get in the business. You're going to sell insurance. Uh, you know, you're going to go into real estate. There's not a lot of capital necessary. The, the, the failure rate is extremely high. So if the entry barrier is low, the failure rate tends to be high because a lot of people go into those businesses that have no business being there, okay? The higher the entry barrier, the higher chance of success. So when I have a client comes in and says, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start my own business, and uh, I, I, first thing I asked them, I said, uh, uh, have you taken an inventory of your skill sets, okay? Uh, you need to do that. What kind of, have you developed some kind of a business plan? who, where, what, when, how, just an outline of what it is you want to do, okay? Do you have the capital? Do you have the ability to lose money for three years, okay? And I try not to scare them uh, because sometimes some of my more successful clients didn't know that they were going, that they were supposed to fail. They just went out and did it. It's kind of funny. You know, you look back at, at the successes. You don't, you, you tend to see all the successes. You don't see the failures. Okay, Virginia, you see the successes. Well, you, don't, well, you don't see how much these people work, not eight hours a day, not 40 hours a week. Not That's right. Yeah. You have to, you have to, Love what you're doing. Have the capital to see it through. Make sure that whatever you're going to, uh, products or services that you're going to be uh, selling or providing, that people want it. You know, sometimes people don't want it. And the first thing you have to do is create demand for something that nobody thought they wanted. And that's done all the time, particularly with social media. God, people are, you know, I was visiting with my sister 
uh, my daughter last night. And she, we were talking about the elf on the shelf. You know, everybody knows what the elf on the shelf is. Well, you know, there's a lady that came up with uh, a list of things to do on every day, what to do with the elf, where to put it, because the 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 mom or the dad, they, they what have I done? It's, so it's a calendar of what to do with the elf on the shelf. And she does very well with that little business. So it's, did anybody think they needed something like that? No, she created, uh, she had an idea and she went out and uh, it, 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 I mean, she does very well. And think so. There's a lot of stuff out there. Going into businesses, uh, you know, everybody wants to go go and have a restaurant. You know, uh, you you cook a great meal. Your friends say you should open a restaurant. That is a tough. That is a tough business. Exactly. There is no there is no eight to five on a restaurant. You know, and and so, so much competition. Uh, so much competition. And you have to have creativity, and you you have to know how to create a demand and everything. You write about that. That is, and people don't <coughs> don't understand that uh, there is so much failure in creating a business. That when you create a business, that you have you start to have uh, even more competition and even more obstacles. That you right. have understand that but the beauty is that if you have the skills the talents and the passion and that's exactly what you do that's the reason why you wake up in the morning you will be able to do this if that you know business becomes part of your life part of what you are doing and people are just uh, glued to what you are doing and you receive it back and that that's a sign that, yes, you are in the right position. Of course, that the skill, the talent, and the, the mission all comes from God, and he is going to protect you. He's going to give you what, you what you need, but you have to have your ears open, and you have to be willing to work overtime much more than your competition, and, and you have to work more than anyone else to make it to the top. That's true. Yeah. That is true. It's not. It's never easy. No. Okay. No. I mean, part of the, the the road that you travel is part of the joy, the learning. It's 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 all part of it. And uh, and and if you're married and you're gonna do this, you have to have a wife that's gonna back you up. That's exactly. on board with this. If not, you know, I was fortunate. My my, when I left here, I had this Dr. Miguel Bazzini, who was a wonderful oncologist. And he, when I built this building, he brought me the plant and it's still alive. 28 years ago, that plant is still there. I can't believe it's still alive. But he told me, he said, Paul, when you leave here, I want you to rub the leaf and leave all the business issues right on that plant and go home. And when you come in the morning, you can pick them back up. Well, my home had to be a sanctuary for me. Uh, you know, you're under a lot of pressure. There's stress. And when I went home, I had this deal. I never talked to my family about business. When I went home, I needed that to be a hiding place for me, a sanctuary, a place I could laugh and not put the business behind me. And, uh, um, and if the money wasn't there and the bills were late, 
you you had to have the rights partner or or that or the home would not be a sanctuary anymore it would be that drive home would be as horrible as the drive to work so you know you, you need to have the good support system to help you see through the ups and downs uh, because in your marriage there's going to be all kinds of challenges you know but this is a complicated one you know a lot of the partners, whether it's a man or a woman, didn't buy in for this kind of stuff. So, so you're going to start a business. You have to have a long discussion with your wife and even your children, depending on their age. You know, you are so right about that. And many people don't talk about it when they're in business, don't talk about, you know, this, this part of the business, but you are so right. Well, Paul, I know we have to invite you again to share more wisdom with us about your business and, you know, being an overcomer and and how God helped you. But we just want to thank you so very much for everything that you share with us and being here. And I know our audience and our viewers will be um, influenced and uh, will take notes of what you shared with us. Thank you so very much again for being with us. And thank you for asking me, Virginia. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. We are so happy to have you here. Okie doke. Bye-bye now. If you want to know more about Virginia Prodan, her coaching program, buy her book, Saving My Assassin, or invite Virginia to speak at your events, visit virginiaprodanbooks.com. Thank you.